if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed, and a good morning to you. Thanks for joining us. We are underway now at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock. I'm a liar. It's now eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Wednesday, the 17th morning of the second month of the year of our Lord 2021. I appreciate you being with us. This is hour number one of five today, not in a row. There's a healthy gap in between, but we will take this program until 11. I will come back tonight and do three hours of the Larry Elder Show, a time at which my guest will be the guy that you heard yesterday, but about a few different subjects. Peter Kersenow will be joining me on the Larry Elder Show tonight. So set a little reminder on your phone. Tell your Siri or your whatever reminder you have uh, to uh, set the date or set the time. Uh, of course, it airs live 7 to 10. It runs live 6 to 9, but airs live 7 to 10 here on AM 1420, The Answer. You can, of course, listen to it via the app, via the website, via iHeartRadio, via uh, radio.com, and so many other ways. Today, on the morning program, I've got a couple of great guests coming up as well. In about 30 minutes, a little less than 30 minutes now, we're going to talk to Leo Holman who says that Western civilization is in serious jeopardy. The culture of Western civilization is in serious jeopardy in large part because of our abject refusal, essentially, uh, of Christ. Now, he is not just a you know, you know, Christian who's trying to uh, go over the top with Christian virtue signaling. He's literally watching Western civilization implode and said, now is the time for all good men to make their stand against what is being done uh, in the name of secularism and against those who are, you know, living their lives and acting in the name of faith. It, it, it's a lot more complicated than that. That's why Leo Holman will join us to talk about it coming up at uh, 935. Then at 1010, we get a treat. Dr. Albert Moeller will be with us to talk about the Biden administration's full-on embracing of anti-science. Now, mind you, that's a different thing than just saying they're not embracing science. It's one thing to say, hey, there's a scientific principle or a scientific theory that we question. That would be questioning the science. Okay, and that's what science is. That's why it's peer-reviewed. Science, there are some things that are scientific theory that, that just are not settled, and the ongoing study of those areas of whatever part of science that is, you know, will continue uh, until there is a settlement, if there, if there is ever one that can be proven. 
But that's different than being anti-science. Being anti-science is knowing that the science is proven, because there are some things that are scientific facts, not theories. There are scientific principles that cannot be changed. You know, the molecular makeup of water is hydrogen and oxygen, H2O. There are some things you just cannot dispute. And one of those things is chromosomal science. There are XY chromosomes and there are XX chromosomes, and that's it. And you are either one or you are the other. Unless you are part of a genetic anomaly, which is point zero 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 zero, and I'm just going to keep on going with a few zeros there, point one percent of of the population, in which there may be a genetic abnormality. It's kind of like somebody born with you know six fingers on one hand, or somebody or, or children who are born conjoined. There are some things that that are just scientific and and birth abnormalities, or sometimes defects, if you wish to call them that. But generally speaking. It's just a scientific principle. It's a scientific fact that there are men and there are women. There are males and there are females. And the Biden administration is now engaging fully in anti-science, saying that's not true. There are some people who are neither. We call them non-binary, and they're not males nor females, because their mind tells them so. And some people who may be XY chromosome are not men. They really, really, truly believe that they are females in their minds, and so we're going to be anti-science and deny the scientific fact. So what am I talking about? I'm talking about Dr. Albert Moeller, who's going to talk to us about gender dysphoria and what is being done to gender dysphoric kids. This in response to an article that actually ran in Newsweek last week. Newsweek, left-wing magazine, as so many of them are. Newsweek magazine ran an article written by a man who decided he was a woman. Or beg your pardon, the other way around, a woman who decided he was a man. Sorry. Had the surgery. Had the surgery. And has lived a life of extraordinary regret ever since. For tons of reasons. And this person is shining the spotlight and shouting from the rooftops, Do not let your kids do this. Do not funnel them in that direction. Do not push them into wearing dresses if they're little boys. Do not push them into playing cowboys and Indians if they're little girls. Let them be what nature made them. And if later on in life they have psychological conditions that make them wonder or question whether or not they're in the right body, then deal with it at that time. But children are in very, very grave danger in our society right now. And this regretful trans uh, individual who literally underwent the surgery uh, this uh, former woman turned man uh, is is shouting, and uh, Dr. Albert Moeller is going to respond to that. All right, so we've got a couple of great guests, as noted, Leo Homan and Dr. Albert Moeller. We're going to start this morning, however, with the lie-o-rama last night on CNN, as Joe Biden had his first town hall meeting in the friendly confines of a group of sycophants who literally licked the boots that he walked in on, and those of his vice president as well, Um, Joe Biden decided to go on CNN and just stand there and tell a series of lies. That before deciding to make sure to drop a few bits of racism into his language. Now, I'm going to start with the lies and we'll work our way up to the racism. This is important. This is the leadership of the United States of America. Now, this is the man, and I would say that we voted for. We didn't vote for it. I don't believe America voted for I do not believe he won that election. But that's neither here nor there. As President of the United States, a title that he holds for by hook or by crook, 
He doesn't get to just stand there and tell lies about, well, for example, the coronavirus vaccine. But that's exactly what he did. When you and I talked last, we talked about it's one thing to have the vaccine, which we didn't have when we came into office, but a vaccinator. How do you get the vaccine into someone's arm? It's one thing to talk about the vaccine. It's one thing to have the vaccine, which we didn't have when we... Which we what? Did, did he came just say office. we did... It's one thing to have the vaccine, which we didn't have when we came into office. It's one thing to have the vaccine, which we didn't have when we came into office. Um, Charlie Kirk, what'd you think of that? Yeah, it's just completely and pathologically untrue. A White House official, uh, the former uh, Trump administration, they said they were doing about 1.1 million vaccinations a day, leading right into Joe Biden being sworn into office. 1.1 million vaccines per day as Biden was being sworn into office. Yeah, but maybe he just misspoke. Maybe he didn't mean to say that they didn't have any vaccines available when he came into office. Maybe. Let's check with Kamala Harris. Maybe she can shine a light on this little mystery. I mean, the challenge, Mike, is, you know, what I explained to the mayors. um, There was no stockpile. Right? It's in many ways. No stockpile of of vaccines. So in an interview with Axios on HBO, Kamala Harris is saying there was no stockpile of vaccines when they came in. She went on to say, In many ways, we're starting from scratch. In many ways, we are starting from scratch. Now, the left is going to try to say, well, Joe Biden just misspoke because he's prone to misspeaking when he said that there were no vaccines available when he got into office. But when you have a separate interview, this was Joe Biden on CNN, but then here is Kamala Harris on HBO, on Axios. They both told the same story. Did she misspeak as well? Kind of thinking when both the president and the vice president tell the same lie, that it's not a verbal stumble. It is a planned, coordinated message. But here's the problem with that. Joe Biden, perhaps again, this, this, uh, this may have escaped his memory. Joe Biden received his second dose of the vaccine on January 11th. Nine days before he was sworn in, he got his second dose. You know who was still president of the United States when that happened? Donald Trump. Donald Trump was the president of the United States at a time when Americans were getting vaccinated by the hundreds of thousands each day. And by the time January 20th rolled around and Joe Biden was inaugurated, over a million, 1.1 million or so vaccines distributed to Americans. Yet he stood there on stage last night and declared that there were no vaccines when he came into office. Donald Trump spearheaded Operation Warp Speed, combining public resources of his office with private resources of the companies, the pharmaceutical companies, to absolutely pull a miracle, to to pull a rabbit out of a hat to say, we got this vaccine in less than a calendar year. Record time with massive numbers of trials, et cetera, et cetera. Donald Trump did that. Joe Biden stood on a stage last night and said, no, he didn't. We didn't have any vaccines when I got into office. 
Kamala Harris said there were no stockpiles of vaccines. In many ways. No stockpile of... Of vaccines. No stockpile of vaccines, and um, we started from scratch. In many ways, we are com- we're starting from scratch. This lie, which is just of epic proportions, because they spent a full year of the coronavirus last year, really kind of starting in January, February, lockdown started in March. They spent almost a calendar year lying about the president's handling of the coronavirus. The one thing no one can lie about, and they can disagree about certain things, but the one thing you can't even disagree about is the fact that a vaccine, two different vaccines from two different manufacturers, in partnership with the federal government, in partnership with the Trump administration, came out with millions and millions of doses of vaccine before the calendar year ended. So much so that, again, Joe Biden himself received the vaccine, the second dose, nine days before he was sworn in. And now he wants to stand there and tell you that it didn't happen, that the vaccines didn't exist. Kamala Harris is saying we started from scratch, there were no vaccines. This is what led to former Trump advisor Larry Kudlow on Fox News Channel to be caught on mic when he thought he was off mic, shouting at a screen that they were watching, a monitor, bull blank, bull blank. He didn't say blank. He said the full thing. He was livid that she was, Kamala Harris was standing there and lying on Axios on HBO about the uh, stockpile and about the uh, uh, starting from scratch. So when he came back on live, he had to address it. He was not a happy man. Earlier on Fox News Channel, I made some comments about that clip. You might have read about it. If not, you can Google it. I may have said a bad word. I'm not usually a guy who swears. But what the vice president said just burned me up and is simply not true. Okay? It is somewhere between cognitive dissonance and an outright falsehood lie. And we generated, we, the Trump administration, not everything went perfectly. I sat on the task force. Operation Warp Speed was one of our greatest triumphs. And by the time of the inauguration, January 20th, the Trump efforts were generating 1.3 million vaccines per day. And as I may have mentioned earlier, Right now, the total volume of vaccines exceeds the total volume of cases. And don't tell me they started from scratch. That is simply wrong. So Larry Kudlow setting the record straight. And you know what, Larry? It's okay if you swore. It's okay if you use that word because that's exactly what it was. A big pile of bull blank. A thousand percent correct. So we're starting with the Biden and Harris lies. We're going to take a time out now, and then we'll work our way into Biden's unconscious, but now verbally confirmed racism. Last night in that town hall again uh, on the CNN, he told black and Hispanics what he really thinks of them. I'll share that part of the story with you coming up right after this on AM 1420, The Answer. now, the Bob France Authority on AM1420, The Answer. So uh, we're focusing on last night's Joe Biden town hall meeting because we have to. 
You know, we have heard countless examples of Joe Biden's latent racism uh, through the years. Uh, and, and oftentimes, you know, you just sit there shaking your head. At other times, your jaw is on your chest. At other times, you're, you're, you're angry at his extraordinarily racist statements about African Americans. But now he's President of the United States. And when these racist and racial inferiority type of statements come out of Joe Biden's mouth, now it means a little bit more because he's President of the United States. Joe Biden has a true belief that African Americans, racial minorities, black and brown people, are inferior. He has talked about this on numerous occasions, but rarely is it you know, as blatant as it was yesterday. In this town hall meeting, he was asked about the disparity in the distrib- distribution of the vaccines between whites and blacks in America. And he said there's two causes. One, he said, is that there is a history in this country of blacks being used as medical guinea pigs of sorts when vaccines have been given that have not been fully tested and have had some bad things happen. So there may be an apprehension on the part of some blacks to take a vaccine. Okay, nothing wrong with that. That's not necessarily racist. That's observational. But when the President of the United States says the reason blacks and Hispanics aren't getting vaccinated is because they're too stupid to know how to use the Internet, we've got a problem here. Listen. But the biggest part of it is access, mm-hmm. physical access. The, uh, the other part, portion is a lot of people don't know how to register. Not everybody in the community, in the Hispanic and the African-American community, particularly in uh, uh, rural areas that are distant and or inner city districts know how to use, know how to get online. Did, 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 you, did you hear the same thing that I just heard? Not many blacks and Hispanics, whether they be in rural, distant districts or urban centers, inner city centers, I think he said, know how to get online. He, he, he did say that, but he, but he didn't stop there. Listen to that part again, and we'll continue. Not everybody in the community, in the Hispanic and the African-American community, particularly in uh, uh, rural areas that are distant and or inner city districts, know how to use, know how to get online to determine how to get in line for that COVID vaccination at the at the Walgreens or at, at, at the particular store. So we're also, I've committed to spend a billion dollars on public education to help people figure out how they can get in there. Do you know how to, how to access the internet? Do you know how to get online? Do you know how to read? Once you get online and you read, do you know how to click a mouse button or a touchpad or a touch screen on words that say register here for your vaccination? You see, I kind of believe everybody can do that. Joe Biden doesn't think you can if you're black or if you're Hispanic. This is the same deep-seated racial inferiority belief that Joe Biden has expressed for nearly five decades of public life, but now he's expressing it as president on national television. 
albeit not on a wide audience at CNN, but he literally said, the reason for the disparity is not many blacks and Hispanics know how to get online and know how to register for a vaccination. It's just as insulting as when he and his Democrat colleagues say that asking Americans to show a valid identification when you vote is racist because black people don't know how to get IDs. That's simply that's simply suppression of votes. It is it is uh, you know it, it is disenfranchising of African Americans to ask for an ID because don't you know it's hard for black people to do things like that, not for white people. Must be a systemically racist thing going to get a driver's license or a state identification at a BMV. It's insulting. It is it is absolutely insulting of black people. And now he's doing it again on live television. I promise you we're going to talk a lot more about that on the Larry Elder Show tonight. All right, 9.30, we'll get news now. Come right back on AM 1420, The Answer with Leo Holman. Nine thirty six. as we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. Western civilization is imploding. Now is the time for all good men to make their stand. How did we come to this point in the world's oldest constitutional republic, the home of the free and the land of the brave? It turns out slogans on our coinage and our venerable constitution with its amazing Bill of Rights were not good enough to protect us from totalitarianism. As G.K. Chesterton said, learning history is the only thing that keeps us from becoming slaves to the spirit of the age. As I look out across the bow of today's Western culture, I see a lot of slaves. Those are not my words. Those are the words of Leo Homan, investigative reporter on globalism, Christianity, Islam, Judaism, where politics, culture, and religion intersect, best-selling author as well. He wrote a piece at leohoman.com that I read last night that I thought was just very, very deep and very powerful, and I asked him to come on and talk about it in more depth this morning, and here he is. Leo Homan, thank you for coming back on AM 1420, The Answer. How are you, sir? I'm good, Bob. Thanks for having me on this morning. You know, um, one could, if they re- read your article, um, surmise and, and, and summarize, I guess, that you're basically just saying give your heart to Jesus and turn away from secularism and everything will be well. Um, I know it's not that simple, but you do talk about um, the Christian nature of what was once this country, how that is being dismantled, and how the new religion is you know, a, a, a faith, faithful uh, people who are faithful to statism. Uh, they, are, they are faithful to secular humanism, you also say in this article. Can you give us a little bit more about what that means, Leo? Yeah, well, every time I go to my local grocery store lately, I, it seems like I get inspired to write another column, another uh, essay. <laughs> and, and, and that's exactly what happened again with this one. Um, you know, you go there... Bob, and you just see, as I said in the article, 98% of the people shopping in the store uh, masked up. Uh, All you can see is their eyes, but very few of them, if you pass them in the aisle, will look you in the eye. It seems like everybody is in their own little world um, just sort of trying to get by right now, okay? And and, and a lot of these are good Christian people. you know they 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 but they they refuse to confront the uh, the issue of the day. 
which is who are we going to obey here? Are, are we beholden to the state? Are we to do whatever Dr. Fauci tells us to do, even when science doesn't back it up and he offers no proof that masks will protect you from the virus? I think it's just the mask thing, I just can't get over it. I don't know about you, Bob, but to me it seems indicative of a lot more than just a simple mask. It seems indicative of how we are willing to obey whatever the government tells us in this day and age, whether or not it makes sense, whether or not it is directly contradicting what the government told us to do two weeks ago. Uh, we just instinctively do it. And, and I got to thinking that this was not always the way it was. Um, this is not the way um, Christians are to live. Um, you know, it, we, are, we are to march to a different drumbeat. We are not to um, uh, be of this world, and, and we're to be transformed by the words of Christ rather than, rather than being conformed to what the world tells us to do. And... Um, <clears throat> it, it, it does it come down? Does it come down to right. just a simple choice, Leo Homan? Is it obey Christ or obey the false gods that you have created in terms of technocratic scientists like Dr. Fauci and others who don't have to offer proof? They just are the experts. We are supposed to accept them as the, as being the experts, and therefore we listen to them and obey them, as opposed to obeying perhaps God or our own our own values and our own faith, or even just your own conscience. Correct. Um, well, you know, for that, it, you, you look at Acts 5, and Peter was put in this exact same situation. They threw him in jail, and he got out miraculously and went right back out to the temple and started preaching in the name of Christ, which is what they exactly what they didn't want him to do. And the high priest questioned him on it, and he, you know, and, and they said, stop it, stop doing this. And, and this, is, this is the law, basically. You can't do it here in Rome. Uh, and he said, you know what, in, in Acts uh, 5, chapter 29, he said, when, they, when, when he was confronted by these authorities, he said, we ought to obey God rather than men. So um, he was pretty clear there. And we are to obey the government as long as the government stays within its, uh, within its realm of authority. But when the government starts telling us, when the government crosses the boundary and starts trying to tell us uh, what to do outside of its authority, like you can't go to church, or you can't open your church, or you can't open your business, then I think we are to uh, follow our conscience, if that's all it is, or follow uh, the words of Christ and the Bible. When the two are in conflict, We're, Bob, mm -hmm. I think we go with, with God's Word, not man. Uh, yeah, I think that's a pretty good choice and a pretty clear one. Um, Leo Homan is our guest. Leo, I want to quote also from your your column here um, about the division that is being uh, forced upon us and fomented here. This same spirit of division is what drives every revolutionary socialist movement. They divide people into groups and pit them against each other. If class warfare doesn't work, then divide them by race or ethnicity or gender, always making sure to frame one side as the oppressor and the other as the oppressed. Right now, the face of oppression is the white, straight male, Christian. It's all a lie, of course, but as the Nazis found out, if you tell a big enough lie and tell it often enough, people will believe it. The promoters of this lie have the entire mainstream media, the federal bureaucracy, big tech, and the world's wealthiest private foundations on their side. This is 
along with, I think, the attack on our freedom of speech to denounce these types of theories, the defining struggle of this time right now. This is, this is the defining fight of our time right now. They have pitted us, us against one another, and the majority of this country, which are straight, white, male Christians, are now the evil oppressors who must be taken out, who must be silenced and must be removed from decision-making, etc., because they perpetuate the ongoing white patriarchy and the white supremacy. Um, this is, this is, in other words, this is not just happening by accident. This is a coordinated movement by Marxists and socialists and even fascists who share the same goals, correct? Absolutely, and it's been in our education system now. Uh, it, this is being taught critical race theory is what it is, and it's a Marxist doctrine, uh, a neo-Marxist doctrine. And it's been in our schools for years. People don't realize it, but it has. Even in some conservative rural counties, if you were to go and inspect what's being taught to your children and your grandchildren, you would, be, you would find out that they're being taught to hate. And in many cases, they're being taught to hate themselves, hate their family and where they came from. Why? Simply because of the color of their skin. It's racist, it's wrong, and it needs to stop. And we need to, again, stand up to it. This is the point at which... Uh, but how, how do you respond to those who say that that's not racism, that, that the only people who can be racist, racists are those who are in power? And since black and, and Hispanic are ethnic minorities, they're not in power, so therefore what they're doing to white people, particularly white males, is not racist. How do you respond to that? I would just have to say that's a lie. Uh, Martin Luther King said that man should be judged, meant that he looked forward to the day when men would be judged by the what the content of their character not the color of their skin and that's exactly what's being taught to our children that it's all about your skin color you know when i meet a, a new friend i don't see their skin color i see them as an individual but see that's what satanic marxism does it refuses to judge people individually according to the content of their character it would rather lump them into groups so that they can then pit pit these groups against each other, and and you have this conflict. And and whenever you have conflict and division and disunity, uh, you you therefore sacrifice social cohesion. And when a country doesn't have social cohesion, it what? It becomes a breeding ground for Marxism and Marxist revolutionary theories. Leo Homan is our guest. He uh, wrote a great piece at leohoman.com, and if you don't know how to spell it, it's Leo like you think, and then it's H-O-H-M-A-N-N.com. Western civilization is imploding. Now is the time for all good men to make their stand. What does that mean, the second half of the title of this article? Yeah. All good men to make their stand. What do we do? I'm glad you asked me about that, Bob, because when going back to my grocery store experiences, uh, two to three percent, and when I went to Kroger the other day, I would estimate that about two percent of the people uh, in there, customers, did not have on masks. Interestingly, the vast majority of those two percent were all women. And I saw very few men, and I see very few men when I do my weekly grocery shopping, I see very few men who will not take, who, who will go into the store without a mask. Um, what's up with that? Um, I can only surmise that uh, women are, number one, more brave and have more courage for whatever reason. Number two, I'm surmising that the 
the the percentage of women who do take off the mask, and it seems like they're all ages, from young mothers to elderly, middle-aged and elderly women, uh, I'm surmising that they have studied other cultures where totalitarianism reigns, namely Islam. In Islam, what do they do? They make women cover their faces. I don't think these women who know who've studied Islamic culture want to go there. I don't believe they want to uh, be told by their authorities that they cannot go out of the house, they cannot go in public without covering their face. Men need to get a clue. Men need to step up. Men need to start being men. I'm stop I'm, I, and stop being these weak, controllable, pathetic individuals. But aren't you promoting toxic masculinity when you say that? We're told that that's the cause of all of the problems in this country now is toxic masculinity. Men who need to throw their weight around and force their uh, testosterone-fueled opinions upon everyone else and pushing everybody down as they, as they, rise them, as they raise themselves up. Uh, that, that's, uh, toxic masculinity is kind of thrown in there along with white supremacy. It's just a thing that you sure. can't do anything about. It's in your DNA. Yeah, I think we need a little bit more of that. Uh, and I'm not talking about pushing anyone around. I'm simply talking about being a leader, which means what? Showing an example. Showing an example for doing what's right. If we want to keep this country, if we want to keep this free country, which I hesitate to even call it a free country anymore after what I've seen transpire over the last 12 months, but uh, if we want to take it back and retrieve some of those freedoms, we're going to have to start standing up as men, and, and at least, if we're not outspoken, at least be an example to others. And, and one of the ways you can do that is taking off your mask. Stop doing what you're told by uh, illegitimate government authority. We are to obey legitimate government authority, but not illegitimate authorities, which tries to deny our individual individuality and de- deny our humanity. And by covering up your face, you are showing yourself to be weak and pathetic and willing to give up your individuality and your humanity. Um, Leah, last question, and I want to follow up on that. Nobody is more anti-mask than I am or the organization that I represent, Citizens for Free Speech. We are working to help everyone uh, have the tools that they need to deny those ridiculous orders uh, for all of the reasons you just said. But some will say, look, it's not about obeying somebody else and putting on masks and being weak. It's about simple common courtesy. Some people out there are afraid they're going to get a virus that is lethal and die. So wearing one just shows your humanity, shows that you care about other people's feelings. Feelings. That's one of the things I hear all the time whenever I argue about this. Right. Well, I would just say to those folks that if you love somebody, you tell them the truth. You don't lie to them, which in this case, you're lying to them by telling them that a mask is going to protect them from this virus. Uh, so I would say I'm going to take off my mask. I'm going to keep my distance from you if I don't know you. I'm not going to walk up and talk loudly into your face and spit and whatever. You know that I, We I never did that before COVID. <laughs> exactly. I didn't do that before COVID. Uh, but, but I'm not going to lie to you either and tell you that I'm wearing this mask just to make you feel better because I know that you believe this certain thing, which happens not to be true, that a mask is going to protect you. How is that loving your fellow man? How is that loving your neighbor, as the Bible instructs? 
I don't That's think a great so. response. That's a great response because I'm looking for one. I'm always looking for new ways to discuss this with people reasonably and rationally. Uh, sometimes they are not reasonable nor rational, but I try to be, and that's a great way to add to that conversation. Leo Homan, terrific uh, column, uh, a, a wonderful read for everybody. Please log on to Leo Homan, which again is H-O-H-M-A-N-N, leohoman.com. Uh, Leo, thanks so much for uh, the enlightenment. We appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Bob. All right, 9.51 now. Uh, we'll take our time out. We'll come back. i got time for a couple of calls before the top of the hour. If you want to make them, 216-901-0945. Dr. Albert Moeller joins me after the top of the hour, so you're going to want to get in now right here on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 9.56, let's take some phone calls. In fact, this first call I asked for today, Jan uh, Lucas is on the line. Jan Lucas wrote a letter to the Ohio Board of Education members on anti-Americanism after uh, seeing their presentation and their meeting on, uh, which was televised, I guess, on WVIZ. Jan can tell us more about this, about uh, Ohio's Resolution 20 and the implementation of critical race theory into 600-plus Ohio school districts. Uh, Jan, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Bob. Thank you for uh, uh, hearing me, and uh, I'm, I'm fine. And I, I get very frustrated. I listened to what Leo Holman said, and I have to agree with him what's going on in the country. I'm a retired Cleveland public school teacher, and I taught from 1971 to 81 uh, when there really were some racial tensions possibly going on. And I taught in all black schools on the east side of Cleveland, and Mm-hmm. What is very angering and frustrating to me today is that there's a an obsession with uh, this ra- racial oppression going on ever since the George Floyd riots, and this seems like it's continuing, and that is why all these boards of education all over the United States are taking up uh, this gauntlet to put the uh, uh, anti-racism curriculum into the schools. Mm-hmm. And actually, the webinar that I was speaking of it is not until tonight. And I'm not even sure I really want to watch it because uh, I get nauseous listening to some of the things that they say. And it's probably so that's more tonight and it's going to be televised. That's going to be televised uh, on WBIZ, correct? Oh, is it? I'm not sure. Uh, I just, I know it's been, it's a webinar, but I don't know if it's going to be on, uh, live on WVIZ. Oh, okay. So maybe uh, WVIZ.com. I, I, yeah, I was presuming because when yeah. I think of WVIZ, I think it, okay. So maybe, maybe it's the website. I, I want to read uh, yeah. just one line from your letter, Jan, uh, to, to kind of, uh, uh, let people know what we're talking about. Quote, your panel part, this is to the board, Ohio board, your panel participation in an upcoming WVIZ webinar on Ohio's Resolution 20 is repulsive and anti-American. It displays your failed morality that promotes politics above education, that you would destroy the very souls of those you, uh, with, uh, who you think you are saving rather than teach children to be critical thinkers and lovers of goodness, truth, and beauty debases the purpose of education. That's pretty strong. Um, tell people exactly what is dang- uh, the most dangerous thing about this resol- Resolution 20, Jan. I think it, uh, uh, it makes children... Uh, hate each other rather than love each other. And what's interesting, I think that if uh, there isn't a, a faith-based or moral or religious construct around teaching anti-racism or, what, you know, or teaching uh, 
different cultures and all that it's going to fail. And because our school systems and teachers today, I think, are more secular than when I was going to school, that it's very difficult to teach this in a public school. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah, it, it absolutely and, does. And you know, right, go ahead, continue, please. And and that's why I see that if the board of education they fail to see that without a moral religious construct around discussion of racial issues, that they can't ever talk honestly about uh, what is really going on, and they're. Forcing children, but do they see what they are doing as? But do they see what they're doing as moral religious construct? They would probably argue that teaching anti-racism and teaching equity in public schools is morality, and that anybody who denies those things (laughs) foments actual racism, and uh, uh, you know, and is is, they're the immoral ones. That's the argument they make. You're probably right, but they don't. But they don't see it from a biblical worldview. And as Leo was saying, I see it as if they can't see it from uh, forgive uh, people for, you know, forgive each other. And the forgiveness is totally missing. There's hatred. I think more hatred than forgiveness taught. And, and he was saying truth. Truth is not taught. And critical race theory, I see also as a Marxist, uh, has Marxist uh, uh Sure ideology so it, it, and, and so it, it, it you can't you can't be teaching something like that to young children and this start this is starting in uh, you know the very young ages and what they're going to be doing I, I probably will listen tonight to this webinar I want to hear uh, why they chose to do what they did with resolution 20 but the thing I the reason I wrote this is and I send it out to many people in my advocacy group I want people to look mm-hmm. at this uh, for themselves and to take action at local level, because Paolo Di Maria uh, will be the person, he's the uh, superintendent of public education in Ohio, and he will be the one to always put it back on local education, local administration, and local social studies teachers as to what is taught in the schools. They can say, well, we don't, we don't push anything, That's, but he's, he's mendacious. He I want to encourage, I, I've got to jump in here, Jan, because I'm out of time for the news here, but I'm going to encourage people to do what you're going to do. It may make you sick to your stomach, but watch this, if you can, the WVIZ webinar. It is probably a webinar, not a televised thing, but watch it if you can. Yes. Listen to what is being forced uh, into the public schools, and then, as Jan just said, get active in your public school board, your local district school board, and get in the principal's office and do not allow this to happen at your particular schools. Uh, Jan, thank you very much. I appreciate you bringing this to our attention. Okay, thanks. And and yes, and your rights as well. Thank you. It's 10.02. We'll get news now. Dr. Albert Moeller next.